0: I was, um, I was going to speak at an event in New York City last year, about a year ago, um, in the heart of the city, and God just put this image in my heart. I've never shared it uh, with you guys, and so I just felt like just to orient us around the person and work of Jesus um, in the days and weeks and, and hour in which we live, it's so important to be rooted and established in his truth. If you agree, can you say Amen. In fact, my wife and I watched um, the new Mission Impossible movie. It's out on Apple TV. It's actually a great action film, like pretty darn clean and everything. It was an amazing story. I'm not. Tom Cruise isn't paying me, for the record. Um, he can if he wants, if you're ever watching this. Bless you. Radiant Central Coast. Um, but what's so amazing, without giving the whole two-and-a-half-hour movie away, is um, the plot, the the evil that he's trying to undo, that the mission that feels impossible—it's it's this global attack on truth. That's the plot line. I'm not giving it away. I promise. But it's this insidious virus that gets into computers and that influences nations. And the big plot line, again, not giving away any of the ending or anything like that, is this race to shut down the the uh, the all-out assault on the credibility of truth claims. And I thought, what a plot. You know, Hollywood is prophetic. Oftentimes they're like, they're just letting us in on what's already happening in the prevailing culture, but they're like just unapologetic and it's usually clearly not pushing us towards believing the truth. But um, it was just like, you know, not only was it just great to hang out with my wife on our, our date day and we watched a, a really entertaining film, but I was just like, gosh, what a plot. And and what a terrible world, uh, which, uh, not terrible world, like big, bad world, don't love it, don't care for it, don't share the gospel. But why it was such an incredible plot is like, what if every claim became scrutinizable? What if there really was no way we could be sure? And that's what they were trying to figure out was how to shut this thing down. And And so today, this message is not inspired by Mission Impossible, as I shared. This has been, I've had this for about a year. But I I wanted to anchor us that every time we gather as believers, this is what's happening. Um, And it's called the tap. This may, may sound weird or whatever, but what I saw was every time believers gather, we lift up the person and work of Jesus. And when we lift him up, um, the, the, the vision of Jesus being pierced by the soldier uh, gripped me. And at that that scene of when, the, I, I think I have it here in the first, well, I gave away the image, hold on. Uh, in John 19, 34 and 5, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. And the man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may believe. In the other gospel accounts, when when the soldier pierces his side and, and, and the Roman soldier sees how Jesus dies, he's one of the first to confess, this is the son of God. This is the guy. And so what I saw, and if it grosses you out, get over it. It's in the Bible. Because uh, there, there is, when, when his blood and water flowed, it opened up a stream to us, a stream of mercy, a stream of forgiveness, a stream of healing, and what I saw is every time we gather, we're really, we're tapping in to this flow, to this provision of God through his son, Jesus, so that whatever we need, it's accessible through him, who is the truth incarnate. And the picture, my friend who's a designer, I had a vision of like the bloody Jesus on a cross and then like the spout, and he he did this on an airplane for me, and so if you're an artist, do something better. But what I literally saw is that we're all tapping into the the uh, the sufficiency, the cleansing, the renewal, the refreshment, the restoration, the truth, the healing. As believers, we're tapping into the everlasting source that is Jesus Christ. Is that, that I don't know, that picture, it, it's just this tap and because it's like the side was tapped and this opened up this flow of redemptive provision. Don't do that, TV. It just went blank. I need it. And so I'm just going to walk us through like uh, a little bit more of what I mean. But this is where we're going, that when we gather, we're all tapping in to the endless supply and source that is Jesus Christ. Um, Again, John 19, the the soldiers pierced. When the sun was pierced, he opened up the fountain that the prophet Zechariah saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the actual crucifixion. He says this in Zechariah 12, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one who grieves for a firstborn son. Zechariah goes on to say, on that day, a fountain will be opened up to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. On that day, I will banish the names of the idols from the land. They will be remembered no more, declares the Lord Almighty. I will remove both the prophets and the spirit of impurity from the land. So the prophets were aching. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, 10-13, that concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when they predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. So every prophet that prophesied of a day that Jesus would inaugurate and make manifest, they were they couldn't figure it out. Like, who is this one we're seeing? What is this river? What is this fountain of cleansing? And Peter goes on to say, it was revealed to them, the prophets of old, they weren't serving themselves, but you by those who preach the gospel to you now by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. So these ancient Old Testament prophets, the prophets are like, what we're seeing is glorious. We don't fully know how it's going to be fulfilled. Peter tells us in the new covenant, oh, they realized they were now testifying to what those who preach the gospel to you in today. Does that make sense? So when we say on that day, a fountain, on that day, a stream of cleansing and washing, Peter helps us connect the dots that what Zachariah saw has been fulfilled and made manifest through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. If you agree, say amen. So this fountain, this river, what he calls a pouring out, this stream, this of spirit of grace and supplication through the one that was pierced. And what I want to just get, just draw our affection and attention up to the one who sits enthroned on the praises of his people. Every time we gather unto Jesus, that fountain is flowing. Every time we gather unto Jesus, the virtue, the vitality, the vibrancy that flows from his his wounds, from his perfect work of salvation, we all have access to that every time we gather. This was and will forever be the testimony of God's son. And here is the New Testament. This is the actual passage that spurred on the tap thought. I had this memorized for 20 years. I memorized it when I was like 18 or 16 or something like that. John says this in his letter. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. Listen to this. This is the picture I saw. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it's the testimony of God which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. Let's read this part together. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And so not only is Jesus the prophesied Messiah, the Spirit, not only did he come born of a virgin's womb, the water, and then enter the waters of baptism, and not only did he shed his blood, all three testify that through his perfect work, we have eternal life if we have the Son. And so again, I picture the Spirit, the water, and the blood, this three-quartered testimony flowing from Jesus to us, that every time we gather, whatever you face this week, like Cal, was sharing, whatever adversity or difficulty, when we gather as believers, whatever state or condition you're in, you can come. The flow of God's virtue, the flow of God's love, of God's healing flows to us through his son. Morning, noon, and night, 24-7, 365. I was overwhelmed, I, I don't know, if anyone ever heard of a guy called John Christ. He was kinda like the Christian superstar comedian, no one's heard of him, anyone, raise your hand. Uh, well, it doesn't, this metaphor is not going to work for the other ones who didn't raise their hand. He's kind of a big deal, like millions and millions and millions and millions of followers, views, actually super funny. Anyway, uh, the news broke that dude was living a double life. He was doing uh, foul things with women. This is all public, I'm not gossiping. Um, and he was also a drunk. He, 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 he had such a father wound, he was one of eight children. That he never felt affirmed, or it was enough. And so, even if he got 20 million views on his viral video, it wasn't enough. Anyway, I listened at the gym this week to his whole coming out story. He's giving his own story, and my wife was at the gym with me. You know, all these people, and the Holy Spirit's touching me. So I'm like fighting back tears while I'm doing reps. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Not that he fell. But what was amazing was when he finally realized he didn't have to stay in his shame. And as he's sharing, when he got found out, it was the best day of his life because of the incalculable weight that so many of you carry of the shame of hidden sin, of secrecy. Or if anyone really knew the battle or the shadows in my heart, they wouldn't want me, wouldn't love me. And as I'm listening to this, this guy has made a living of making fun of the church. Literally, most of his jokes, why they hurt so bad is because they're like rooted in truth. Because he's a church kid. His dad was a pastor. And so a lot of his sp- his sticks, his uh, skits are just making fun of the weirdness of Christian culture. But towards the end of the interview, I listened to him directly say, he said, the church saved my life. He found friends who didn't, reject them. They said, hey, if you need a place to stay, come into our house. Just don't kill yourself. And I'm listening to this hour and a half interview, just being wrecked with the revelation that I want to pastor a church that so lifts up the mercy and reality of Jesus that no one would have to act one way in here and another way out there. But you could just come because there's a tap that's been opened in the side of Jesus that he loves sinners. He he has mercy and healing and forgiveness. That he, he he's made. He didn't turn a blind eye to your sin. He took your sin into his body so that you could die to it and get on living for his righteousness. And I was so moved just by the reality of um, uh, it's, these days that we're in are super hard. Um, you know, I was I was it was unbelievable. There's this this app called Hymn, um, and it's direct hymns.com. It's literally made for men who have uh, various ailments. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you can, don't go look it up or whatever. But it's the whole the whole principle of hymns.com is it's built on privacy, because guys are afraid to talk about their problems with anxiety or depression or, or <laughs> other sexual things. So it's this wide, but I, I literally, I'm so fascinated that, We're having to develop technology because we don't know what to do with our shame. We don't know what to do with the things that we feel are crippling, that you can go from wheels up to wheels down and get any medication you need. And I thought, God, uh, the church has to be different than that. That we don't have to come in here As Pharisees, we can come in here and we can drop our guard. We can drop our facades and our fake whatever, and we can all find ourselves under the spout where the glory of his healing flows. And uh, I know it's hard, beloved, when, I don't know, a third or two-thirds of the nation are on pills to try to make it through another day, and I don't make light of that. I'm just saying the church is the place where we could be honest about the crap we're walking through, amen? This, this stuff that we carry, and I am, I am a holiness preacher. I don't glorify sin. If you know me, I love holiness, but that that's not uh, an opposite message to say, come with your sin and come and bow before the Savior and be cleansed, be washed, amen? So that's the picture I saw. That's heavy, but that's real talk. That's family talk right there. I uh, I don't want to, um, the reason Jesus came in Luke 5, 31 through 32, he didn't come for the righteous. He came for sinners. He came for the broken. He came for people who knew they didn't measure up. He came, it goes on to say in Luke chapter 7 that when Jesus is, confronting the Pharisees, he's like, all of the tax collectors, all of the prostitutes, all of the sinners are entering the kingdom way ahead of you because they responded to my offer of grace. You thought you didn't need it. And I wanna be the first to tell you, I need the grace of God. I need that spout open over my life, morning, noon, and night. His cleansing, his washing, and I know, uh, I want you to know you have access to that same place of freedom and forgiveness and his love. Amen. Apart from him, the the writer of John, John, John the the beloved, writes, there is no life. I just wish it was more complicated. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever doesn't have the son does not have life. (laughs) Is there a nuance there? No, there's not nuance there. We have no life outside of Jesus. Amen. And so every time we gather, we lift him up. The blood and the water show us two important aspects of the Lord's death. Number one, the redemptive aspect. We need deliverance from our sin. If you, this, this idea of redemption goes all the way back when Adam and Eve covered themselves with their fig leaves, the Lord said, none of that. He took off their fig leaves. In the Bible, the very first reference of a, of a covering of a skin, of a, of a sacrifice is way in Genesis three where God said, I will cover you. And he put skins on them to cover their sin. It was a prophetic little thread that we would see fully fulfilled thousands of years later when Jesus would lay down his life so that we could be now covered and cleansed with his blood and then be recipients of his righteousness. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning? Number two, we we, we love the water that testifies because the water represents life, renewal, and refreshment. How many need life, renewal, and refreshment on a regular basis? In Jesus, we have access to both. Here's how I put it in one slide. The blood cleanses and covers. The water refreshes and revives. And don't forget, there's a third one that testifies. The spirit anoints and empowers. And what I want you to picture when you gather with believers, be it in a small group or in a larger setting like this, even alone, obviously, you're coming under the lordship of Jesus. And when you come in his name and you stand before the father, There's blood that can cleanse and cover any sin you're carrying. There's water that's flowing that can refresh your weariness and revive your emptiness. And then there's spirit that will anoint and empower you to live a life that brings glory and honor to Jesus. How many are thankful for the spirit, the water, and the blood? Oh, I'm thankful today that that's sufficient for every person on the planet. If they'll come to God through Jesus. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. Jesus tells us in John 14:6, No one comes to the Father but through me. Oh. And what I love about the New Testament witness is every time we come to God, it's always through Jesus. It says in Ephesians 2:13, it says that He came. He says, for those who are far away, his blood brings us near. How many are thankful when we couldn't go up and get to him, he came down and got to us? And so it says, in him, Jesus, and through faith in him, we may approach God, Ephesians 2, 17, with freedom and confidence. How many want that freedom and confidence to be your regular operating system? And it's only in and through him. He goes on to say in Ephesians chapter three, verse 12, in him, same thing, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So I want you to know, we never arrive in the presence of God, but through the son, Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. Why do I need to know that? Because if you miss it, you might try to come before God thinking about your merits instead of his. Come on, somebody. I come to him through Jesus every time. Whoo, how? Oh, that's a good one right there. If I come to him through me, it, my confidence level will wane my courage and clarity of what God has done for me will wane. I'll be looking at me and my circumstances instead of looking at him, what he's accomplished, what he said, what he's doing, and then coming with humility, repentance, and faith that what he's done, he's done for me, and he wants to do through me. Every time we gather, every song lifted, every prayer prayed, it's to the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. This matters because it's It's about relationship, and it's always through and in the reality of father working through son by Holy Spirit, by one spiritual family. This dynamic is meant to root us, not in some ethereal truth we can be talked out of, but in the firm foundation of the gospel truth that what God has done through Jesus is once and for all sufficient for every sinner. And he makes sinners into saints. Oh, that's the tap that's been opened. Can you kind of see it? We lift him up, and then that tap that flows, the blood that cleanses, the water refreshes, the spirit that anoints and empowers. These all flow to us through Jesus. (sighs) So every time we gather, I see us, corporately and personally, tapping into the fountainhead of all vitality, virtue, and the victory over sin, over Satan, over hell, over death, and the grave. Every time we gather, we gather unto Jesus. As they make music, they will sing, all of my fountains are in you. That's what the psalmist said, all of my fountains. The reason in Revelation 4 and 5 We have all of this language about all power, all glory, all honor, all praise, all, 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 all is because everything that brings life to humans, everything that is good, true, right, just and beautiful, it all flows from a single fountainhead from the man, Jesus Christ. And I love this psalmist. He says, all of my fountains are in you. All that I need is found in you. Beloved, we live in a a culture where the gospel that's being preached is, is the authentic self. Just be yourself. I want you to know your fountain in your quest for project self will dry up within moments. The good news of the gospel is deny yourself so that you can receive your true self, which is meant to be in continuity of the image of God that you were created to reflect and to resemble. All of our fountains are in you. Look at this verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. Again, that tap. Read it with me. With every spiritual blessing in Christ. I just saw that picture every time we gather. The fountain is flowing. Every spiritual blessing, whatever you're carrying, whatever feels insurmountable, whatever shame, whatever thing you're walking with, when you come to the Father through the Son, you have access to all that you need in real time through Jesus Christ. And then lastly, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they will have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, read it with me, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So you, you see all the metaphors we have to work with now. Uh, a, a tap, a treasure chest, a vine, a head, a Lord. A, you get it? But I love that when we come to the Father through the Son, it's like he opens his treasure chest every time. And that treasure chest is Jesus. You need wisdom. He is he's, He is. what all the Proverbs, if you read the Proverbs, there's always a personification that wisdom cries out, so Proverbs 8. The, the personification, I want you to know that wisdom has a name. His name is Jesus. He is the incarnate word. He is the smartest man in the cosmos. And you and I, 1 Corinthians 2.16, have access by the Spirit to what he thinks. Amen to have the mind of Christ. You need wisdom for your school, for your finances, for your relationship. There's a treasure open to us and he is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. So our vision when we gather is to lift up our collective tap and to press into the revelation of Jesus. And I'm stopping there. Let's just wait on the Lord for a minute. Father, I just want to say thank you that today could mark a new day for us. To step into that fountain, that river, that stream of the spirit, the water and the blood. I thank you, Lord, that you have provision and remedy for every sin and every sinner. I thank you that the water that flows from you, you are the living water no matter how dry or crusty our inner world may feel, or our soil of our heart, you've got water to revive and refresh. And I thank you that you also testify by the Holy Spirit and the Spirit can come and animate and empower, energize and anoint us to walk in the fire, to walk in the favor to walk in the authority of a royal son and daughter. So Lord, whatever my friends in this room need, the blood that cleanses, the water that refreshes, or the spirit that anoints and empowers, I pray that we would all come to the Father through the all-sufficient Son, and we would be baptized by one Holy Spirit. That today would be a day we leave the place called shame, hiddenness, duplicity, and we would walk into the light and find that you don't want to expose us to kill us. You want to expose us to heal us, bring us into the freedom that comes from being fully alive in Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters that we would come and we would enter in by faith to the perfect work of Jesus Christ, our King. And just by way of responding, is there anyone in this room that would just want to stand and say, you know what, Chad? I want to stand and walk in greater freedom from shame, from secrecy, I just want to stand in the light of the love of God. If that's you, do you want to just stand with me and I'll pray for you specifically? I won't make you say anything. Is there anyone like that this morning at all that wants to just stand? Awesome. Jesus, thank you for. Drawing us to yourself today. Thank you for loving us and caring for us. Can you stand on your feet with me? I want to just send us out with a uh, benediction. Beautiful passage here. I tell you, let no one deceive you by si- fine sounding arguments. And see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces rather than on Christ. And here's what I want to send you with. If I can find the book of Colossians. There it is. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted in and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ fill you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And may you realize you have the very spirit that raised Jesus from the the dead, living on the inside of you today, in Jesus' name. We all said amen, amen. If you need prayer, come on up.